Our scripture lesson today comes from Romans chapter 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, that has been given to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us bow in prayer. Lord, use your servants' lips and your people's ears and hearts that today, as they are wed, the seed of your word would be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. These three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Last week we talked about faith, and today we are going to look at hope. It was supposed to be such a simple procedure. Jenny went into the hospital. She was supposed to spend one night in the hospital and then come home. But she had the most severe reaction that she could have to one of the medications that they used, which caused her blood to clot, and it specifically caused her blood to clot in her brain. And immediately she went from a small procedure to a life-threatening scenario. The doctors told the family that there was only one option, and that option involved a kind of roto-rooter into the portion of the brain where the clots were forming, and that there was about a 50% chance that Jenny would not survive. The family was outside in the waiting room, and they were discussing, well, would mom want this or not? I had a novel idea. I said, do you want me to go in and ask her? They said, sure, if you can get her to say anything. I went into Jenny's room, and it was a rare moment of lucidity for her. She knew who I was. She grasped my hand. I said, your family's out there making a decision. And they wondered what you would want to do. Do you feel comfortable telling me that? She said, yes. Lay it out in front of me. Said, there's only one thing left that they can do for you that might bring you back to health. I told her about the procedure. I said, the one thing they do say is there is a 50% chance that not only will this not work, but it will release a clot 
that you will not survive. With a sparkle in her eye, she grasped my hand in both of hers. She said, I have had a good life, and God has been good to me. She said, I can live, or I can die, and I am a winner either way. I can live or I can die. I'm a winner either way. What, what hope we see in her words, which I will never, ever forget. We tend to think about hope in ways that are not so somber. Children hope for their parents to take them to Disneyland or Disney World. And I know that some people on this side of the room are especially excited about that kind of hope. There are some people who feel that they have been in a job that has been holding them back for a long, long time, and they look forward to the time when finally their gifts can be recognized, when perhaps they are compensated to the degree that they feel they need to be compensated. And then there's always the hope of new life. What a gift a new life is. The life of the church, the life of a family. What a, what a gift a child is. And somehow as these things come out, even in our own family's experience, we, we experienced both death and birth within just a two and a half month period of time. There's hope. And then there's this biblical hope that we see in Romans chapter 5. I love this phrase. We boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Moses, out in the Sinai Peninsula, wandering around with his father-in-law's sheep, and there, there is this bush that is burning but is not consumed. And the glory of God appears to Moses and says, take off your shoes for this place in which you are standing is holy ground. Jesus and Peter and James and John go up on the Mount of Transfiguration and suddenly the glory of God appears around Jesus as Moses and Elijah are there in this brightness of the person of Jesus, the clothing of Jesus, brighter than any fuller could ever make it, the glory of God. Some of you have been to Asbury College in the last four days. If you haven't, I encourage you to make that 27-minute drive. From here, it's 36. The 27-minute drive to sit in Hughes Auditorium. It's an incredible thing, this glory of God. This glory of God that, that somehow you know God is active in a very special, amazing kind of way. and You don't feel the urge necessarily to jump up and down. You simply sit in quietness 
and are refreshed by the presence of God as students and those who have come, their family members. I was there for a while yesterday and someone behind me was talking and they said, I've been asking my parents all week to come. Come and see what God is doing. Come. Come and experience this. And they've said, we'll pass. She said, I just got a phone call and they've made hotel reservations and they're on their way so that we can experience this together. Folks, we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God, uh, the glory of God as we're invited into the life of the Trinity, as that glory that appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration, that glory of the burning bush invites us in to flow through us and to be in us. There is a hopelessness, though, that pervades our world. One of the lists of the reasons for hopelessness includes things such as this. Loneliness leads to hopelessness. A lack of a sense of purpose leads to hopelessness. Sometimes I wonder why it is that people feel that they don't have purpose. I, I love reading the confessions of faith, and I know we have some former Presbyterians in here, and folks that have, uh, have studied Westminster. The very first question, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's your purpose. That's your purpose if you're 16 or if you're 96. That's your purpose when you get up in the morning is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. People feel that their life is out of control. They don't have enough resources. There is, there is grief, despair. There's a sense of defeat. Every week is just a replay of the last week, which is a replay of the week before. They're, they feel like there's a, a wrong trajectory in life, and they might have chosen differently, but now there's so much invested in this direction that changing directions would be very, very hard. People are overcome by fear, wonder if a mistake has been made, somebody has wounded them. There are all sorts of reasons for hopelessness, but the Bible tells us that we grow toward hope. That the natural growth of the Christian goes from being justified by faith to moving forward to hope. Not only are we justified by faith, but we boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. We hope of sharing God's glory. Even in suffering, we may hope. People who don't believe in Christianity because they have suffered haven't read the Bible. 
The Bible does not promise us a charmed life. The Bible does not promise us that we will not weep, that there will not be days when we fall on our faces and say, why, oh God, why? The Bible does not promise us that marriages will always be happy, that children will always do what we hope they will do, but even in suffering, we may hope. Because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character brings hope. So it's not just about you and me being justified, forgiven of our sins. It is about this growing toward hope. It is about this movement from suffering to endurance to character to hope and listen. Hope is certain. Because of God's love that is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. God's love and the Holy Spirit that has been given to us are the supernatural gifts of God that bring us hope. What is hope? Well, hope is a kind of expectation. And there are two kinds of expectations found in the scriptural narrative. To expect something bad is to fear. If I thought when I got out this afternoon that someone would have placed a car bomb underneath my car, I'm, I'm listening to the Godfather now, so I've got all of, these, all of these scenarios going on in my mind. And, you know, I sit in the corner of the restaurant where I can see everybody. I don't want to be surprised. But if I had this expectation that something awful was going to happen to me this afternoon, that expectation of the negative is fear, which is the opposite of hope. Hope is the expectation that something positive is going to happen. Hope is the expectation that the bad does not get the final word. Hope comes from God. Hope comes from this conviction that God will act. Hope anticipates that every promise that God has ever made will be kept. And hope recognizes that God has unlimited power and unlimited time to right all wrongs. There's a supernatural quality. Hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So how long is hope appropriate? I appreciate those of you who have uh, prayed for my, my dad. I am optimistic. I am hopeful. He seems to be on the right track. I hope that he will be able to take his giant Labrador retriever whose head is the size of a basketball. I've never I've seen such a, such a large head. Just want to go in and say, hey dog, you got a big head. For walks around the farm again, I, I want him to be able to do that. I, I have hope. I have hope 
that regardless of what happens in, in two weeks, that we are a community of believers who will seek to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. I have hope. I hope that God is on the move just like God is on the move at Asbury University. God is on the move. I have hope. I look at my grandson. He can lift his head now a little bit. I hope I can get him a go-kart or something so he'll enjoy coming to, to Grandpa's house. My granddaughter already does. There's like nine things she goes after. I feel like I have turned a corner when I really enjoy using a shoehorn. But she knows where the shoehorn is, and she, she goes and she grabs it first thing when she gets upstairs in the house. I hope, I hope I live long enough to see her graduate from high school maybe have children of her own. I hope. How long can we hope, though? I was telling you about Jenny. Jenny said, I can live or I can die. I'm a winner either way. I want the procedure. And so she went into surgery the surgery was not successful. Jenny was not conscious and her family was told to bring hospice in. Would probably be the, the, best, the best measure for them to take. And so they stopped all medication, all life-saving all life-saving measures. We had a prayer time at church. She was very active in that church. And we, we prayed for Jenny that she would die without pain. That her family would be comforted and it wouldn't take weeks and weeks but God had other plans. When they stopped giving Jenny medication, she woke up in the ICU. When they did a scan of her brain, the blood clots were, were getting smaller and smaller. Within 12 hours, she no longer qualified to be in ICU and went to the step-down unit, but by the time she made it to the step-down unit, she was already doing all of the things that you have to do to get out of the step-down unit. And then she went to the regular room of the hospital, and she was already doing everything they wanted her to do within a matter of 24 hours to, to leave the hospital. A couple of weeks later, she was driving. I still talk to her on Facebook. She's got grandchildren that she had an opportunity to see. Why does God choose to work sometimes and not others? I don't know. 
but I know she's a blessing to me. And I know that as long as there is life, there is hope. As long as we believe in God, there is hope. As long as we experience a God who keeps his promises, there is hope. And she said it correctly before surgery. I can live or I can die. I'm a winner either way. There's hope if you're six years old. There's hope if you're 96 years old. There's hope if you have a million heartbeats left. There's hope if you have 150. God is a God who keeps his promises. And he has promised to be with us. Doesn't matter what the church sign says out front. What matters is that we come together in the name of Jesus. And we receive him. We receive him.